Welcome to this week's podcast by Celebration Church Rarotonga. We believe this message will empower and equip you to live a life of breakthrough. Thanks for joining us. I want you to turn with me. We're going to look at Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 8, 23 and, uh, to about 27. And this section really is interesting because Jesus had dealt to sickness he dealt to uh, death, if you like, but he's also dealing with the elements. So let me read it to you, and it's uh, Matthew 8, 23 and 27. And this is Lake Galilee. Some of you have been around Lake Galilee before, and I have been there, but this is what it says, verse 23. Now, when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him, verse 24, and suddenly a great tempest a great tempest. It's like a windstorm, and the Cook Islands have uh, had uh, cyclones. So it's loud, it's daunting, it's intimidating, and it wrecks havoc. Well, that's exactly what happened in Lake Galilee. Some Bible scholars say they were wanting to, maybe it was Satan himself trying to destroy the disciples or tip them over with the Messiah in there. But a cyclone arose. But I want you to know there's the word, a great storm, a great storm, because later when Jesus rebukes the storm, it goes into a great calm. So here we have it. We have a great storm. Jesus gets involved, and then we have a great calm. So the great storm arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Now, I don't know about you, but have you considered in your life crisis that sometimes God is asleep? Sometimes you feel like, God, where are you? And uh, what are you saying? What are you doing? I can't feel your presence. And I, I just, you know, I'm not feeling your awareness. And, uh, but let me tell you this. Even though God or Jesus was naturally asleep, He's not asleep in crisis. He's very attentive. Uh, he's not ignoring us. He hasn't gone away. He's not distanced Himself or separated us from us. The Bible talks about the presence of God or the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, is very much with us. He's our enabler our comforter and our helper, our ever-ready present help in times of trouble. So Jesus is with us. But it looked to the disciples, really, that Jesus had gone AWOL. He's in the stern of the boat. He doesn't really care. And I know a lot of people that can go through difficulties, and sometimes we can uh, think like he doesn't care. Is God actually asleep? And I want to say God is not asleep. Okay, then he uh, then the disciples came, verse 25, to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us and we are perishing. Okay. Um, now this really is a picture, if you like, of Jesus resting in tribulation, resting in crisis. And then he says in verse 26, but he said to them, why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Now I'm gonna repeat that again one more time. Catch this. Why are you fearful, you, O oh, you of little faith. Now notice he didn't say, you guys have got no faith because each one of us has been given a measure of faith. But he looked at it and he basically said, you of little, little faith. Now there's a couple of things I wanna point out. A couple of things as we go through this. The first thing is every battle that you and I go through, every crisis that we face, I think there's two important things to know. The first thing to know is this is who you are. It's important for you to know who you are and who you belong to. 
Because when you know who you are and who you belong to, there's a security and there's an automatic stability around our lives because we know God has got things in control. It's when we don't know who we are, we don't know that we're connected to Jesus, we become afraid, we become fearful, doubt kicks in. And that's the first thing is who are we in the battle? I reckon that's very, very important to know that you are connected to Christ in crisis. The second thing is what authority we have. We need to know the dominion, the authority that we have in the circumstance. Because if we don't have authority or if we don't know that we have authority, we become uncertain. That's when doubts come in. And that's when faith comes in. We're not sure. The Bible talks about if you know your calling and you're sure about it, it says you will not stumble. Do you notice that Paul the Apostle said this? He said, none of these things move me. And I often wondered, why does nothing move Paul? None of these things. And then he goes on in, in uh, Romans, 8, uh, Romans 8 there, and he says, did you know that the, no, no, uh, no angel, no principality, no power, no height, nor death, no things that are present or things to come will separate us from the love of God? And, and, and what it is, the reason why Paul uh, was able to have uh, that, that attitude that nothing moved me because he was actually established in the vine. He knew who he was. He knew the authority that he has. Now, I want to go a little bit further, and I want you to cross over to the Scripture here, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. This is Paul talking again. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, talking to the church of Corinth. This is what he said. Therefore... My beloved brethren, be steadfast, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Steadfast, immovable, in other words, not be shaken, because we know that the kingdom of God is not shaken, but always be abounding, always be passionate about the work of the Lord. Now, when we look at the Scripture here, we examine it, we look at this and we see the word steadfast actually means to be seated or to be seated. Did you know the Word of God says that we are seated in heavenly places, that we're reigning and ruling with Christ Jesus? And you see, see what happens is this, in the Christian community, we kind of preach these kind of subjects and it's a little bit intellectual or lip service, but this is Paul understood that he was connected to Christ, Christ indwelled him, he was full of the power of the Holy Spirit and nothing could move Paul. And the reason why it couldn't shake him, it couldn't shake him as faith, it couldn't move him because he's seated in heavenly places. Christ is our partner through crisis. He's not separated from us. He's not distant from us. He's with us. And so when we've got this uh, being seated in heavenly places, and we look at the Scripture, therefore, my beloved brethren, be seated or steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I want you to understand in every difficulty that we face, every difficulty we face, we can remain seated in Christ and steadfast, and we can conquer. Why? Because of who we're connected to. And it's like this, is with what's going on in the world today, the Bible talks about fear. And it talks about many, many hearts will fail them for fear. And, uh, you know, but, but we have immediate, we have deposit of faith inside us. Now, Jesus in the boat story, Jesus in the boat story, he's talking about little faith. But you notice they were still afraid, even though they had little faith. And this is the time, I believe, that God wants us to have great faith, not little faith. Is there a word in Scripture where it talks about great faith? Does Jesus actually 
uh, inspire us and identify in Scripture where it talks about great faith. So he's now identifying the difference between small faith or little faith and now great faith. Well, he does. Jesus does. You've been given a measure of faith, but you can exercise that faith so that you go from little to big faith. And I believe right here and right now, this is the day that God is asking the church to step up in its faith. Come on now. God wants the church to be in great faith, mighty in God, mighty in the battles ahead of us. And uh, we know that, that uh, also that um, the Matthew 14, 31, it says this, O ye of little faith, why did you doubt? He also says to Peter, when he was uh, walking across on the water, he said he bid him to come and he came and he began to look at the, the waves and the, uh, the, the, the dramatic around that and he begins to sink. And Jesus says, why did you have little faith? And I often wonder how much faith have we got? Have we got little faith in this hour? Or have we got big faith, faith that's courageous, faith that's not intimidated? And I'm gonna say this, that even, even the safest place in Jesus right now is not to be wearing masks, respectfully. The safest place right now is not to be holed up in home and put our fence up and, and to say, halt, don't you move. Don't come near my property. And that's your wife, you know what I mean? No, that's not the safest place right now. The safest place is holding on and declaring the promises of God. It's believing what God says. That's the safest place right now. And then we attract heaven. You see, faith in God, it links us to the promises of God. It connects us to Him. And what the world is trying to propagate and bring forth a message of fear and insecurity and uncertainty. But right now we preach Christ, the hope of glory. That's the message we have. And listen, a lot of people think, you know, if we've just got a message, if we've just got a message of salvation, then what hope do we have for our world? What hope do we have for our community? The Bible talks about the kingdom of God is now. It's right now. The kingdom of God. And then Jesus, when Jesus prayed, He said, hey, the, you remember the disciples? They said, hey, teach us how to pray. We see you doing it all the time. Teach us how to pray. And then he says this, he said, well, he said, you pray something like this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then he comes right down. He talks about provision, praying daily for provision, bread. And then he says, you should pray that thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Or you should pray this, pray the kingdom of God should come to earth to the degree that it is in heaven. And I wanna tell you this, there's no disease in heaven. There's no depression. There's no lack. In heaven, there's nothing like that. There's no discouragement. There's no fear in heaven because heaven represents the glory of God. In heaven right now, it's God's presence arcs heaven. And then when Jesus said, you should pray that the kingdom of God should come to earth as it is in heaven. And so right now, as ministers of the gospel and, and, and people that are part of a, a great assembly and a great company of people, the body of Christ, it's not for us to be trafficked in fear. We can talk common sense, but make sure common sense isn't a mask for fear. Right now, what we wanna do, we wanna bring the kingdom of God, the revelations of Christ to this earth.
And so if all we have is just a salvation message that Jesus died for your sin, and at one time, when the time and the fullness of time, you will go to be with Christ, the Messiah, into the kingdom of God, that's a, that's a half message. The rest of the message, the rest of the gospel of Jesus in our Luke 4, He talks about the gospel of the Lord Jesus. It is about the signs. It is about the miracles. It is about deliverance from fear. It is about breaking the shackles of depression. It is about breaking oppression off our loved ones and off our homes. It's bringing Christ to the nations. It's bringing hope to the nations. It's bringing God's working power, His miracle power to the nations. Because if we don't preach that message, then we don't have, we aren't providing anything for our community really. What? I'm, I'm a Christian. Here's hand, hand sanitizer. Well, that's been practical. Faith without actions is dead, but we have a higher message. You understand that now? We have a glorious message. The gospel is a glorious message. It's the answer for every social need. It's the answer for the whole of humanity right now. It's the answer for every single government right now. It's the answer for every broken and every destitute heart right now. Every lonely heart now is Christ to the nations. It's Christ into your marriage. It's Christ into your home. It's Christ into your finances. And I wanna say, if we don't preach the message of hope, we don't provide that vehicle for the people, then all we've got is a salvation message. But Jesus is now. He's now. Uh, you know, the kingdom of God is now, you know that, it's present. And remember this? Uh, remember Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within us, but the kingdom of God is present, it's among us, it's now. So if the kingdom of God is now, and we know the Bible says salvation is now, then healing has to be now. Miracles have to be now. Provision is today. Jesus said this, didn't He? He said, I don't say that there's four months until the harvest. Behold, the field is white right here and right now. The harvest is now. It's supernatural now. The harvest time now. It's miracle time right now. It's provision right now. And uh, we can access God right here. It's faith right now. It's belief right now. So the church, I believe God is beginning to orchestrate things, begin to shift things around. And uh, you know, it's kind of like the world is in a time of rest, if you like. Rightly so or wrongly so, but it is what it is. And it's, I believe it's a time for the church to rise. It's harvest now. Listen, listen right now, people in homes, there's a number of things that are happening in homes today right now as people are, you know, closed circuit or they just can't get out lockdown. Let me tell you this, pornography, maybe domestic violence, contention, division, frustrated kids, fresh arguments, all this sort of stuff is we can't get out and we're not allowed out. We feel like in a straitjacket. And uh, some of us, we feel like that. You want to break the parameters and break all the restrictions. I, I fully understand that. But you know what it is, is this. It's either those things or times of reevaluation, times of assessment, times of examination, analysis about your goals, about your dreams, about your pursuits, your aspirations. It's time. It's time right now for the world to acknowledge there's one God. There's a deliverer. And it is, it is Christ that He came to die for every single broken heart. And He will deliver you on the spot this morning. He will break the shackles of pornography. He will break alcoholism in the home if you just step forward and say, God, I need you. And I believe, you see, God will take advantage of every circumstance. This is not new to God. 
This hasn't taken Him by surprise. But we're in the most unique position in the world right now as the church. We are better off today than what we were yesterday. When the world's at lockdown, what do they think about? It's like being on a boat in the ocean by yourself. And you've got nothing to think about. The fish aren't coming in. You know, it's just like you can't go to McDonald's. You can't get on the phone with somebody. So it's not long before you start to think about life and what you've done in life and what life has to offer you. And I'm telling you, that's a God moment. That's a time for us to be able to lay hold of God. And I wanna challenge you today. If you're backslidden, I wanna, I'm gonna tell you, I love you to bits. But if you're backslidden and you're not walking right with Jesus, is this not the best moment presented to you personally for you to reassess your life and say, Jesus Christ, I want you? Because I'm telling you what, it could actually get worse. What happens if it did get worse? What happens if there was other waves of breakthrough of diseases? What say we, we lost our businesses and we didn't have any money and now we're having to fend for ourselves? It's time now, salvation now. It's time to actually step out and trust God right now. Let's give the Lord a hand. In your home, give the Lord a hand. Give your kids a high five. Hey, and so anyway, so, so this is what we're talking about. Great faith, little faith and great faith. You got a little faith going on? A little faith that gets swamped by a wave? A little faith that can't stand up to a cyclone, you're intimidated by it? How about this now? The centurion, a guy in uh, Matthew 8.8, 8, he says, Jesus, my servant is absolutely paralyzed. You don't have to come to my house. In fact, I'm not even worthy for you to come near my porch, near my house. Don't come, don't come, please. But I'm a man under authority and I understand commands and chains of commands. And I say this to the people, they come and they go and so forth. And so I have no problem with what you're saying. And I understand diseases are subject to you. All you have to do, Jesus, is speak the word. That's all you have to do, and my servant will be healed. Jesus turns to the disciples and said, I have never seen such faith. The Bible says he was amazed, astonished. I haven't seen such great faith. And he uses the word great faith. So now we've got the disciples that were shaken with little faith, and now we have one guy that has great faith. See the difference. And Jesus draws a comparison between small and little and great. Let me tell you this. Look at the ramifications, the results. When he had little faith, the disciples, nothing got done. They were in fear, they were in doubt, and they were in terror. But the other guy whose servant is dying, he had great faith. And the outcome was he was miraculously healed that hour. And I want to encourage us, exercise our faith. Come up in the realm of the Spirit, into the things of God. And, um, and, and Mark 16, 17, just so that we would know this, it says they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Did you know every single disease is subject to the name of Jesus Christ? Now, I want to be really honest with you as a pastor of a church, uh, and I'll, I just... Let me share this. Every disease, whether it's cancer and curable diseases, whether it's fevers, an array of viruses, every single one of them is subject to the name of Jesus Christ. That is Bible teaching. Either you deny that and don't believe the miracles and the gifts of the Spirit of a day, or if you believe it, then if we believe that, 
then we believe in Christ is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which we ask and imagine. If God is for us, who can be against us? No weapon formed against us will prosper, says the Lord of hosts. Why should we fear? Why should we fear the terror that comes by night or the arrows that fly by day? Why should we fear pestilence and plagues? The church shouldn't be fair. We should be a message to the nations. Now, I understand that we need to be hygienic. I, I, man, the Bible speaks of it. The Old Testament particularly talks about that we should be hygienic and we need to be practical. We understand that. We need to take responsibility for our lives and wash up and clean up and have great, I believe, dietary, but hygienic principles in the household. We should be doing that as a responsible citizen, as a representation of Jesus. We should do that. But I want to say that we do that practically. Let's do the, let's do the possible here, but let's, let's operate in the impossible. Let's allow the God to move through us. Let's get sickness. Let's not honor sickness through our fears or through our insecurities, but let's put it under our feet. And, and it may be, maybe that we'll in lockdown and that sort of stuff. I understand that, and we've got to be subject to our ordinance and our governments. That's no problem there. But I'm saying in our houses, let's rejoice. In our houses, let's have hope. In our houses, let's talk to our children about the miracles of God and about what God has done. In our houses, let's share our testimonies with our children and our family. In our houses, husbands, exalt, uh, um, uh, exhort and encourage and inspire your wife. In our houses, wives, encourage your husbands. Let's bring God into the house. We can have the glory. We can have heaven on earth all around the world right here now, all around the Cook Islands and the globe. We can have Christ in every single household right now. It's not a time to be contentious and divisory and argumentative and be fearful and afraid. This is a time to step up, to take up, to come up, to stand up. This is the time that when all of a sudden, when all of a sudden the parameters and the restraints are taken off houses and you can freely get out, that's the time to rip open the nations. This is the time to get the gospel out. We've had our rest. We've re-evaluated. We've recharged our batteries. We've got greater faith today and we're going to exercise our faith like never before. Just in closing, I want to say this. Uh, there's a scripture here. John 3, 31. I love Jesus. Don't you love the Lord? It's, he's amazing. This is what he says, John 3, 31. He who comes from above is above all. Who's coming from above? He's talking about himself, God. He's above all. All principality, all power, all dominions, all celebrities, all political figures, influential individuals. He, Jesus, who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. Right now, we have, we're hearing all over the nations earthly messages, earthly prognosis, earthly analysis. But I want to ask you, what report are you going to believe? What's God saying to you? Can you exercise your faith and be like a climate changer? a world changer through exercising your faith. In Psalms 91.10, it says, No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plagues come near your dwelling. Claim it. No disease, no plague, no virus, no darkness 
shall come near your dwelling, your household. This is a time to stand up and claim the Word of God. This is for you. And, and uh, okay, so let me, let me just uh, close on this here. We've got it. Maybe five or six things that we need to do. Number one, we need to live hygienically. Number two, we need to eat right and rest well. Number three, we need to stretch the muscle of faith. Every opportunity, let's pray for one another. Let's pray for the sick. Let's pray over people. Let's get God, let's get the supernatural awakened in our midst. The next one is meditate on God's Word and be a partaker of the Word of God. Meditate on Psalms 23, Psalms 91. Job prayed for his family, the next one, and he put a circle of protection around his home, around his kids. Why not pray for our households, dads? You say, well, my wife is a better, but it doesn't matter. You could walk around your household and you could just say, dear Jesus, come. Come, Father. Just come. Come upon my house. Come upon my kids' destiny. Awaken our hearts. You can pray that sort of stuff. And the final one this morning is I want to invite you, you ready? To think right. To think right. Let's get hold of God's Word and let's start believing Jesus Christ. And if you're afraid today, if you're a little bit, well, I'm not sure, I want to encourage you to embrace Christ to reach out to Him. Get hold of His promises. Get hold of His Word and begin to declare them. Begin to speak them forth. Meditate on them and begin to engraft. David hid the Word of God, remember, inside his soul that he wouldn't sin against the Lord. Let's believe God for what God says He can do in this hour in Jesus' name. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every individual. Spirit of the living God, come upon us. Anoint every individual. Father, in Jesus' name, help us to be spiritually minded, not carnally minded. Help us to have the mind of Christ. Help us to have this mind, which is an also in Christ Jesus. Help us to have, Lord God, the renewed mind, the cleansed mind, renewing of the spirit of our thinking, Lord God. Help us to come out from amongst it, Lord, and believe Christ in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that you'd encourage you and inspire every heart today, that you'd bring the spirit of peace in every home in Jesus Christ's name. God bless you. If you enjoyed this message, feel free to subscribe and leave a review. We'd also love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Instagram or Facebook at Celebration Raro or visit our website, celebration.atonga.com. Until next time.